to another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Derek Montia. Uh, and this podcast is brought to you by our friends at OGs. Uh, happy flavoring Fridays to you all. Flavor your Fridays by heading to zenleafdispensaries.com and use code PHNX at checkout for 25% off your OGs order. Uh, very excited to be joined by our guys. Of course, down there, all oh, way over there. I'm here, Derek. He's all also right. here. It's the one and only so Thunderstick Jesse yeah, Friedman. But we are very excited to be joined by our friends from the Amarillo Sod Poodles, uh, Chris and Stephen Carey. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for having us, man. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that because we got to sit in the middle? Yes. Yeah, uh, okay, thank okay. you for having me on <laughs> your show. Wow. I appreciate it. I mean, being repeat guests it does feel like our show a little bit. It but is. You guys make us feel over. so comfortable. It feels really, really great being able to sit next to my brother for the first time in, uh, you know, ever. Yeah. Uh, definitely not the past seven months. Yeah. Uh, I've started to lose hair because of that. So it's just good to see you guys again. I had so much success uh, at the PHNX headquarters and the show. And we're just a very, very lucky two guys to be a part of it we appreciate you guys being here absolutely you guys have done a tremendous job not only with the sod poodles the championship sod poodles but uh you guys here doing some fall fall ball work yeah we're here for the uh the arizona fall league so uh, once we're done with you guys we head over to camelback ranch and do the play-in game the peoria javelinas against the scottsdale scorpions so a busy day and then we we drive home to florida tomorrow begrudgingly we've loved every moment out here in the valley and did you say drive home to drive florida, home to florida. That 28 sounds like hours. A great time. 28 hours yeah so wow. not the worst drive we've ever done no uh, we drove 21 hours separately in two different cars two summers ago from cape cod massachusetts 16 hours straight after our final game of the season at Amarillo last year. And then after the championship, which is what you brought up, we drove uh, the, the what was it, 12 hours straight My from Amarillo <laughs> here um, following the celebration uh, in the, the clubhouse. Does it does it help that you guys look like each other to stand that period of time together, or does it make it that much worse? <laughs> Not to women. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it certainly helps, and it helps that, we can split up the drive a little bit. Yeah, uh, I sure. mean, you know, tight spaces. We pretty much are in one all the time in a yeah, booth together. Except this one's moving. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's a higher <laughs> risk of death. So yeah, we'll see it. how, how it, it plays out I tomorrow. It. I get it. Well, uh, last time we had you guys here, uh, some guy named Corbin Carroll got himself an extension. Uh, he just signed an eight-year, $111 million extension, which now, in retrospect, looks like a fairly good deal based on his performance this year. But uh, what are you guys thoughts on seeing Corbin Carroll this past season, just do kind of what I guess you saw him do for a brief period of time, but at this major league level so well, well, was there ever any doubt Derek, when we <laughs> saw him at Amarillo, I said to Stefan, not to be hyperbolic, but this is the best baseball player I've seen with my own two eyes, his ability to hit the ball, his ability to recognize pitches, his power profile for his size yeah. Even in Amarillo, his juice was excellent to the backside. He did everything right in Amarillo and then quickly went up to AAA and then wasn't there for a long period of time, then goes to the major leagues and never will look back again. I mean, he, he is an incredible specimen, an incredible human being, and he deserves every bit of the recognition. And I told you in this podcast earlier, I think they actually gave him less than what he's worth, and he's already proving that yeah. in his first full year in the major leagues. Absolutely. We talked about it the other day. I mean, if the Diamondbacks had waited a full season to give Corbin Carroll an extension, 
it's not eight years and 111 million dollars it's probably i mean something like maybe what julio rodriguez signed which was well into the into the 200s guaranteed i think it tops out at like 470 million or something like that with with all of the incentives and everything so yeah i mean corbin carroll hit 285 with a 362 on base percentage a 506 slugging percentage he had 25 home runs. He stole 54 bases. He was the first rookie in Major League history to have a 25-50 season. I know that you guys believed in Corbin Carroll, and I think a lot of people believe that Corbin Carroll was going to be a, a really incredible player. I mean, he was you know, the number one or number two prospect in baseball entering the season, depending on who you ask. But even I, I if you had told me these numbers at the beginning of the season, I'm not sure I would have fully believed that he was going to be this good this quickly. I think the way that it was broken down to me, and it was earlier this season about how these young players progress in the game, is you think about it in the same way that you think about a title fight. It's not necessarily how hard you punch. It's about how you react to getting punched, not to quote Rocky. But the reality (laughs) of it is, is people are going to throw haymakers at you. Pitchers are going to figure out your tendencies. They're going to figure out what you don't like to hit. Yeah. Then it's up to you to readjust and punch back and Corbin did that at each stage of the season you remember when they tried to change his swing keep his two hands on the bat when his shoulder was was hurting him the lowest he ever got in terms of batting average was in the 260s I never saw him dip into the 250s or the 240s he stayed consistently in that top half of the 200s the entirety of the season and you remember about two-thirds of the way through the year you thought not only rookie of the year but maybe MVP, and I'm sure he probably got some votes from some minor publications and well-deserved. The most surprising thing to me was the fact that he hit 25 home runs. Being in that realm for him was surprising to me at that ballpark, which, again, you know, the ball flies in the valley, especially when the roof is open, but... Not Still, like it used to with not, the humidor. Chase Field is yeah. really not a very home right. run friendly ballpark yeah. anymore at this we, point. We yeah. even saw that during, you know, like the World Series when it did cool down and, you know, things could open up. Definitely didn't help the offense out too much, at least on the Diamondbacks ball. Philly, side of things. Yeah, we heard that Philly's players when they were here for the uh, for the NLCS were keeping track of how many balls, like how many ballparks their fly balls would have gotten out, even though even though they didn't get out of Chase Field. That's kind of like that's kind of the reputation that Chase Field has at this point point with the humidor and the fact that like there isn't an actual like wall that you can hit the ball over in center field you just have to hit it over this uh sort of arbitrary yellow line and uh yeah uh you know you can hit a 440 foot double in this ballpark and uh the fact that corbin carroll managed to hit 25 home runs despite that is is pretty impressive it's a kind of like a graveyard right and you talked about <laughs> how important it was that they signed him early chris was mentioning that Teams are trending in that direction. He talked about it on the last show with Julio Rodriguez being the prime example. Ronald Acuna, another example that a guy that got signed way lower than probably what he deserves. Yeah. Probably when MVP. Oh, man. What, a 10 years, $100 million? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. So Corbin's getting outpaid, is, is being paid more than the MVP of the league potentially. And they still got him for a deal. Now think about what that money that they saved could go toward. Yeah. Moreno, right. uh, Zach Gallen extension. Yeah. Uh, this is really, really important and yeah. really, really good uh, general managing by Mike Hazen and his staff. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Mike Hazen and the fact that the extensions now for Mike Hazen and Tori Lobolo allow them to continue doing, you know, what the the plan, I guess, that you could say that they've set in place. You know, they, they do have like a long-term plan. They probably have a little bit shorter term, uh, knowing that they're not going to have guys like Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen on this roster as long as they potentially would like to right um, but it definitely seems like you know having Hazen in place and and allowing him to kind of understand 
how this team works, where this team is going to acquire talent from, and and how they're going to compete. And then NL, you know, West is is a great thing. You know, it took them some time. You know, this team spent some money. They did some things that maybe you know, obviously he even will admit that he regrets. But it definitely feels like with the moves they've made this year specifically that that Hazen kind of has it figured out as far as you know what this team's identity is going to be and how much at times they want to actually spend whether that's financially like in actual dollars or like we saw that the trade deadline give up from the farm system because they feel like they have so many you know valuable pieces still within their system yeah let's take it another step further too with mike hazen especially and i, I want to give the laurels to tori lavello as well but mike hazen was the head of all of the searches for the red sox openings for the president of baseball operations gm job yeah. and for a yeah. man that's from the northeast to look at that job and look at what he has here in Arizona and have the belief that they were going to do what they were going to do and continue to sustain that success in the next couple of years really tells you about his belief and the foundation that they're setting here in Arizona. And that should be an attractive thing for free agents because they have right. a GM that's not going to leave for arguably maybe a better paying opportunity. You've got a manager that yeah. wants to be here and only here, a player group that seems really connected. They are very cohesive and the power of friendship is certainly alive. The power here in Arizona. of friendship. And I mean, that's, great, that's how we got there. It's yeah. a great place to live. I mean, why not so come here and, and they might start opening up their wallets a little bit more for players like a front end starter. I know they need to fill the third base spot and maybe one more power bat. And then they're really set yeah. to be competitive not only in the postseason, but for the National League West regular season, where they're not anymore a wild card team, they're competing with the best, with the Dodgers, sure. who have started to take a little bit of a tumble right now because they don't have the same amount of prospects as Arizona has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was something that, that Mike Hazen talked about the other day at the GM meetings, is just the idea of after the run that you just went on, is is Arizona sort of a destination now when it comes to when it comes to free agents and uh, you know uh, obviously money is probably the most important thing when it comes to signing free agents but there also can be some at least some level of of importance to being an, an attractive destination a yeah. place where people want to play and Mike talked about Corbin Carroll and the fact that like like guys pro people probably want to play with Corbin Carroll yeah. right the Diamondbacks have an, an established. I think we can say superstar, which is crazy after after one full <laughs> season that we could probably use that term with him. The Diamondbacks have an established superstar who's not just here for five more years. He's here for for eight more years because of because of the deal that they signed. Yeah. And I think you look at how this roster was assembled and you look at the pieces that they had, not only the young pieces that were built through the farm system, which is genuinely kind of how Mike Hazen approached this situation. Yeah. A hard rebuild through the farm system. Yeah, you traded away Dalton Varsho and you got back two better players in return. Now, Varsho, very versatile. And I know that everybody loved Varsho when he was here. But look at what Lourdes Gurriel did. Look at what Gabby Moreno did. Then you go and you get Evan Longoria, who provides that that older mentorship to these younger players. Right. Now, that that works in in a in a synergized way, right? Longoria wants to play with young, exciting, yeah, bubbly players. Yeah. He got all of that with Thomas, McCarthy, Carroll. Then you get Carroll, McCarthy, Thomas, an age veteran, a guy that has seen every bit of baseball you can see at the major league level, and he helps them be right. coached up. It's like when you have an older starter in your rotation to try and guide some of your younger starters. I think they did a great job assembling, and, and that's really that third base spot 
is going to be more important to fill in terms of the quality of the person, not necessarily the quality of the player. Yeah. Mm. I've said that you can't quantify the experience he brought, right? And then like what you're talking about, that on-field coaching, sometimes just as a player, you're willing to listen to a teammate a bit more. And also you you just never know the impact that guys like Longoria and Tommy Pham had on this run, right? I mean, telling them to act a certain way, telling them certain things, especially from a guy that you know has been here before, uh, can can just help you relax. You know, uh, the baseball isn't any different in the postseason. It's it's up here, right? It's it's being able to handle the the pressure. It's being able to go yeah. into these situations and and play your best baseball without letting all of the other you know kind of environmental and and all the other you know, variables impact you as a player. So that's the, that was the impressive thing about Corbin, you know, like he, he faced adversity. Like you said, he had his batting average kind of dip up and down. He he bent at times, but didn't break. He had some injury scares. We know that Yeah, broke us <laughs> almost every single time more than it, it stopped him. I mean, I literally was curled in a fetal position at one point, you know, after that's kind of hot. Uh, yeah, it was. It was <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, I wish there were more pictures of it. But uh, we know uh, April 29th, the, the knee thing in Denver. Uh, and then that caused him to kind of hold back on on um, stealing bases. Right? There were. Yeah, there were about four different points during the regular season where it looked like Corbin Carroll's season might be over. Yeah. And yet he was back within a matter of like two or three days in every, in every situation. I don't know if that's something you guys ever had with him and Amarillo, if there was ever like a, a big injury scare moment or anything like that. I think when we interviewed him in San Antonio, the question was about his shoulder, right? Sure. How was he adjusting in his first full season post shoulder injury? Cause yeah. he was in Hillsborough for what, seven games. Yeah. Uh, and then began the season in double a was the best player in the texas league in the time that he was there and there was never an issue um i think corbin for a moment we didn't get to see corbin at 100 percent ever because i don't think he was pushing himself to 100 percent. Hmm. he wasn't as big of a base dealer he wasn't showing off the arm and right that wasn't who he was he wasn't making the diving catches that he was in reno once he felt that the big leagues was coming that was when we saw a different level of Corbin Carroll. And the cool part about his story and his situation, and you saw the jelly roll speech on, on Twitter, he said, there's a reason why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. If we keep looking back at what he did this season, it, it stops us from thinking about what he could do in the next few seasons. That's the really exciting part. <laughs> yeah. This is the tip of the iceberg <laughs> yeah. for him. Yeah. And Jim Callis just put out an article today about what a player's future output could be. These rookies, these rookie of the year candidates. And he put Gunnar Henderson just above Corbin. And it's hard to say that because when you look at war and you look at the way that the game is being monitored, the way that players' values are being added up, yeah. Corbin does everything so well. Defense, offense, stealing bases, creating chaos, uh, not to yeah, but the hashtag. I, I think with, <laughs> with Gunnar Henderson, the only difference is that Gunnar Henderson was – Either the silver slugger, or the, no, he was a silver slugger for the utility position this year as a rookie. Yeah. The reason that he, it, it's not his ceiling, but maybe his shelf life is a little bit higher, is because by the time he gets to maybe 38 years old, he can go over and play first base. Corbin's size doesn't lend itself well to anything except the three outfield spots, and maybe he'll be a super DH like an Ichiro type. But Corbin <laughs> is. Far and away, in my opinion, the better player than Gunnar Henderson. I think Henderson's going to have an excellent season next year. But Carroll, right out of the jump, has had one of the better seasons that we've seen from a rookie in a really long time. And yeah. he ignited this area in Arizona. I mean, you see all over social media, 
Who's the face of Arizona sports? Still, some people say Devin Booker, but the vast yeah. majority has started to say Corbin Carroll yeah. is the face of Phoenix, Arizona and Arizona sports as a whole. And well, to and do that in one season is crazy. It, and it is because it's something that we've had a question about over the last few seasons. At one point, I think when we first started this podcast, uh, I made the claim that David Peralta was the face of this team, which Man, God, thank God we're like far away from that being the case because <laughs> they didn't have that superstar once Paul Goldschmidt left. And it really felt like uh, at times, you know, someone like Cattell Marte was that for this team, but reluctantly, like he didn't really want to be that. I don't think Corbin Carroll necessarily wants to be that, but he just is with the way he conducts himself, with the way that he answers questions and in interviews. Like he's just, he's a very mature young man and he's so good at his sport that those two things combined make you respect him a trend, tremendous amount and makes it easy to root for him. Corbin's a people person yeah. and he has gotten so much better with the media, but we'll go back to the story of when he signed his extension, fresh off signing his extension where it's spring training on the roof, <laughs> on uh, the roof, on the and, roof, <laughs> and on the roof uh, of the, the facility in, in salt river and he gets swarmed by media as he walks out the door and Guilty. first people he walks up to <laughs> and Chris and he comes in and he hugs us and he asks us how we're doing. Yeah. That's, a human being yeah that's a player yeah. that you can root for and rally and get behind and basically by proxy of of employment we've started to root for this team but mostly root for its players and that's one thing that baseball has missed out on that the other sports have capitalized on basketball does it so mm. well football does it yeah. so well is you can right. root for players yes and not necessarily yeah. for teams yeah. and be fine baseball it's very very much uh you have an identity and you have a team that you root for and a rooting interest in that team Corbin is starting to break the mold for people, especially in Amarillo, that grew up Texas Rangers fans. And they were like, well, who do we root for? The guys that we've seen and watched with our own eyes sure. or a team because of our, our state pride? Right, right. And it makes sense because you do root for guys after a while. And, and I mean, that's the thing is that this Diamondbacks team, I don't know if they've had that within the organization you know, very, very much, very often, right? Like we've, in, in our franchise's history, the same names kind of come up, you know, and it's usually the guys that made some history, made a big splash while he were there. Obviously, we know it's like Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling, Luis Gonzalez, right? But then like from that point on, that it's kind of a sporadic grab bag of who people consider to be some of the greatest in Diamondbacks history. Again, Goldie is always there. You know, maybe br people bring up a, a Brandon Webb. Maybe they bring up a Justin Upton, you know, but for the most part, that's what feels so important about Corbin, you know, is is like it really does feel like that guy that everybody wants to get behind and, and you know, can help everything that you guys addressed, you know, attracting other talent to want to come play here, yeah. you know, just making this a market that people pay more attention to now. Uh, and obviously, I know you guys – uh, have the the whole idea of, uh, of of or you guys you know uh, broadcast for a team that plays in a very uh, hitter friendly environment, but uh, you know you you said that Corbin really wasn't doing a lot of the stuff that that he did. Did you imagine him being able to to hit twenty five home runs at a major league level and and do the fifty stolen base thing? Like was that something that you could have foreseen, or is even that kind of outside of 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 your realm of of being able to believe that he did that? I think that this um, this year, I think the 54 stolen bases was less surprising to me as compared to the 25 home runs. Right. I said to a lot of people, 25 home runs for Corbin Carroll is like 
way more than I would have ever expected. I thought sure. he was going to hit 15, and I would have been fine with yeah, that. Yeah, that would have been yeah. He would have been excellent. We but 25 yeah. home runs, when you see his pop and his ability to hit the baseball, it just flies off of his bat differently. And Corbin had success at Hodgetown, but it's really tough to see how that will translate at any other ballpark. And like you guys said, in Arizona, it's a little different. It's a little bit, um, you know, the ball is deadened a bit when uh, with the humidor and everything going on. Yeah. There. Corbin... I expected to get a 25 home run season a couple of times in the midpoint at the peak of his career. Now we're getting to the point where if he keeps hitting this way and he continues to build muscle because he's even more muscular now than when we saw him, he might be a 35, 40 home run guy at 5'10", 170 pounds. And that is (laughs) unbelievable to think about, especially in the leadoff position. So Corbin is a unicorn He's a transcendental talent. He's something the Diamondbacks should really be excited about and hold on to for as long as possible. And really, I know it's way ahead of the horse, (laughs) but with the way that he's playing the game of baseball, don't ever let him see free agency. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's time. It's time to start working on another extension. We're only eight years away, Mike Hazen, right? Well, it's funny because Tori Lovello (laughs) talked about wanting to be a manager of this team forever, and he keeps getting these extensions that aren't ridiculously long, but he keeps getting extended. And, uh, it, it, it feels like Tory is going to be a manager forever uh, of this team, or at least as long as he wants to be. And I mean, I feel, I feel like Corbin is a priority to, to, to make potentially the first diamond back that plays his entire career here. And that's, you know, something that, that I, I don't know if, if franchises can, can make happen anymore, but I'd love to see it be with this guy. You know, your team is getting good when people on Twitter are saying to fire your manager after two losses in a row. Oh yeah. And this is, this is it's <laughs> oh, yeah. just overreaction central. They did it with Brian Snitker. He ended up winning a world series in 2021. Yeah. Uh, they, they do it with every manager. Yeah. And when you look at Tori Lovello and you look at the way that his players respond to him, he's a top five manager in baseball in my mind right now. There, there's nobody that could be able to navigate things the way that he did against Philadelphia Needing to win two in a row at that ballpark yeah. with those stakes, <laughs> right. with that team, with yeah. no experience against a team that just went to the World Series. That just goes to show how talented of a manager he is. The emotions are there. The fact that he wants to be back. They rally behind him. I remember talking to Blaze Alexander during spring training, and he said, I love Tory because he tells us how it is. He yeah. tells it straight. Yeah, And that's one yeah. thing that you know the guys respect about him. He is so good at having the ability to connect with players young and old. Even when Merrill Kelly was getting frustrated, getting pulled in games when he thought it was early, it ended up working out for Tory. And because of that, Merrill respected his decision the second, third time it yeah. happened. Do you remember yeah. earlier in the season with uh, it was the Phillies and they hit Corbin Carroll in two consecutive yes. bats? Yes. Matt Strong. Yeah, it was Matt Strong and, hit him twice. And Lavello comes out and he starts jawing at JT Romuto saying, This can't happen. This is our guy. You know, it's right before the All-Star game. You know, he's already had some bumps and bruises. That's a guy that's riding and dying for his players. And yeah. you, you don't see that as often in Major League Baseball with, with managers because some of them are older. Some of them have a little bit more self-interest. Uh, and, and he is going out there, player-first manager, doing everything the right way. And from our limited experiences with him, I've been very impressed with just how down-to-earth the guy is. Yeah. yeah. Tori, Tori even took that a step further because when asked after that game what he said to Real Muto, he said, I told him, I would have done the same thing for you if you were my player. And like, talk about hitting a guy. Like, <laughs> how do you respond to that if you're mad at him for coming out there? He like says that to you. And I can only imagine sitting there going, man, wish 
Wish Rob was like this. Like, yeah. For the record, I'm I'm pretty sure Tori said some other things to JT oh, sure. so too, yeah, but well, yes, that was you know, part of it. It's kind of funny too because you bring that up, right? And like obviously we know that the the with the World Series and the playoff run, we got to see that side of Tori that we don't get to see, right? That's that's kind of the reason why players love him so much. When we see those speeches that we get uh, after the you know during the celebrations, that's actually like a side that they probably see more often that we don't. And it, it like we as fans love that side of him, love to see him fire us up. I've talked about how many times his post game speeches made me want to run through a damn brick wall. Right. You know, so it's like that's the reason why they talk about, you know, how much he means to them, like internally, because we that that's what they see. If you look at like the last dance as an example of how Michael Jordan would utilize how criticism cliche. and weaponize <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is, is weaponize criticism and use it to his own oh, advantage God, to yes. become better. Yeah. There's nothing worse than you have well, than than having a dynastic team, a team that everybody said was going to be great yeah. and their people come out and say oh, everybody doubted us, everybody no, everybody doubted the Diamondbacks. Yeah, everybody. Right. Everybody. I, I didn't think they were going to the World Series. I, I thought they were going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I didn't know they were going to go to the World Series. And Tori used that to motivate his players. Yes. And it was pure and it was real. And yeah. they really rallied behind their manager. The bulletin leader. board was big. Yep. It was big and it was filled with lots of stuff. And like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And sometimes, especially, you know, your team, you know what fires them up. You know, you can see throughout the season when people make those little comments, when articles come out, when disrespect gets thrown their way, how they handle it, how they respond. And and yeah, you're right. He can turn around and weaponize that. And he definitely did it during the playoffs because there was plenty of disrespect to be had about this team. Right? I mean, as, as a member of the media, it was fantastic because at <laughs> times you get a little tired of managers just kind of like saying what they're supposed to say doing and the doing the nice it stuff. by the yeah. book. Yeah. Tori did not do that. Uh, he had some fun with Mad Dog. He had some fun with, you know, uh, quoting Coach Prime and everything along the mm -hmm. way. Like the Diamondbacks very much embrace this mindset of, you know, the world doesn't believe in us, but we do. And it's hard to argue with the results. Like, I guess it worked. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, they, didn't they play like dancing on my own after they they w went to the World Series, which was Phillies like <laughs> anthem? And then they played Mad Dog by Young Thug and the, yeah. the yeah, oh, yeah. something like that. that. Was I mean, yeah. well, and I did. I uh, excuse me, I did not give you guys a hearty ski uh, on oh. the show. So ski to you both. <laughs> I apologize for not doing that. That was our also part of our uh, run and our anthem, right? But yeah, no, I mean, again, it was. I, I think that was the key is like, you know, or the ski, the, the ski. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, no, the fun, right? Like they, these guys had fun the whole time. It felt like and maybe maybe the fun ended a bit in the World Series because things get the things get heavy things. There's the pressure is on at that point, And it's hard to like kind of just laugh your way, uh, you know, through it. But at the same time, it's just incredible what this team was able to do. Uh, and, and again, with so many of those young guys that you both have had the opportunity to kind of see come through you know, through, through Amarillo. There are more coming. Yeah. There are more coming. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about those guys right now, but I uh, do want to let you guys know, of course, uh, to check out bet MGM. If you haven't done so already, uh, you can place your first bet. Uh, you can place future bets for MLB. Great time to do so with the season coming up. Uh, you can place your first bet through the mobile application of at least $10 using our code of PHNX. If you do, you'll get $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. All you have to do is download the bet MGM sportsbook app on iOS or Android, or visit their website at betmgm.com and use our promo code of PHNX. When you sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account and place a wedge wager, 
in that amount of at least $10 or more at a standard odds price, you will receive $200 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Now, I was using my parlays to uh, curse opposing teams during the playoff <laughs> nice. run. It seemed to work. You know, when a guy was hot, I'd throw money on him to hit a home run and suddenly he wouldn't and stuff like that. So, again, if you're if you're you, there's there's different ways you can use it depending on what your self-interests are, whether you want to make money or whether you want to get help your team get to the World Series. But uh, again, sign up for the BetMGM app. Use that bonus code of PHNX. Place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through the mobile application of at least $10. You will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Ontario. Thank you, Andrew Dang, for your super chat. Andrew says, uh, God bless everyone. Happy Veterans Day. Uh, yeah, of course. It's like everything around this show. Uh, every day on this show is Veterans Day. That's the way we handle it. <laughs> yeah, things. we're going to have to add that one. We have to add that one in, and every Monday is Mailbag Monday. Uh, <laughs> of course, a uh, great way for you to enjoy the bread that you love uh, and not enjoy all of the negative stuff that can come with bread at times. Check out Hero Bread. They make sliced breads, buns, and tortillas, and they're available uh, at hero.co or on Amazon. And of course, what makes them better than other breads? Uh, it's the fact that you can customize your bread for whatever your dietary needs are, whether you have uh, dietary constraints, restrictions, or if you're just looking to stay on the healthy side of things. Uh, they have not only a wide variety of high-fiber, low-carb uh, options, they have high-protein options as well. And the best part about it is that the texture is so soft and fluffy and it's still, uh, it still tastes like some of your favorite bread, uh, delicious and not uh, as dense as some of the healthy bread you can find out there. Of course, they have a low carb option to fit your lifestyle. Uh, and of course, their founder uh, baked again. I love this, this fact, 100 muffins per day before he found the perfect blend that fit uh, his allergy constraints. And I just need to know what happened with those 100 muffins every single day. How many days? Exactly. That's, exactly. that's the other question. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's the, that, see, now we're going to get in the stats. You know, Jesse's a big stat guy, so he wants to know, but well, check then, out, check it. What's that? Well, then it begs the question, do you know the muffin man? Oh my God. Does he live on Drury Lane? <laughs> do you know Max or do you know Patrick Lyons? Because you guys would all get along, I think really, really well. Uh, right they now. they also read a fifth grade level? Yes. They do. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's where their jokes are too. Uh, Hero Bread is offer offering our listeners 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co. Use code PHNX to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. Uh, appreciate you guys being here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Of course, if you haven't subscribed already, make sure to do so now. Sign up for notifications. Drop us a like. We always appreciate you doing that. If you're listening on the audio podcasting side, make sure to subscribe there as well. Uh, and leave us a review. We always appreciate your feedback when it comes to the reviews. Now, you guys had your own championship run with the sod poodles which you actually um completed actually won. actually won what's that like what's that like <laughs> i'd just like to know was it nice was it uh, fulfilling it was really cool okay uh, it was it was really cool um look it, it's great for the people of amarillo but i was really happy for the for the players yeah uh to get to go and do that and it was a, a banner year for the organization and i think the d-backs have a lot to be excited about a lot of young talent to be proud of um Sean Roof was the manager again this year, and he uh, became the 
uh, winningest manager in Saputo's history. Uh, he won the second ever championship in team history. He's a great guy too, by the way. He is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I was really happy for him, for Javier Colina, who's coaching in the fall league, for uh, Tom Gorzolani, for Termel Sledge, for Jake Sheely, for all the people in the staff and all the people in that, that clubhouse. They worked so hard to do what they did. Yeah. And if you look back at how it all unfolded, they led the entire second half. Like there was no question they were going to be that second team from the South Division to make it to the postseason. They go game one at Hodgetown, lose to San Antonio at home. That means you've got to go to San Antonio, the least hitter friendly ballpark in the league, and win two in a row against it's quite the opposite yes, of where you quite guys the play. <laughs> they win two in a row. Drive so, through the night to Arkansas. So <laughs> before they won the two in a row, though, I saw Roof in the gym. And we were in the San Antonio hotel, and he's he 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 never gives up on his guys. But he seemed a little lower because he's like, you know, we we didn't play well in San Antonio in the regular season. And I told him, I said, you win one game, and then you're right back in it. Mm-hmm. After they won that game, everything else was was fine. I mean, in, in the words, what was your doing, Chris? In the words of our producer, Damon, so basically what you're saying is don't let us get one because if we get one, we can get two. Don't exactly. let the boys get hot. Yeah, don't like, let the boys get <laughs> hot. And there were a lot of really, I'm not going to say hot boys, but... Uh, <laughs> you can say that. Were, sure. <laughs> I mean, there was there were some good-looking gentlemen on our team, that's for sure. No, but they, they, they played really well, and there are some really talented players that are coming up in the system fast that the Diamondbacks and Arizona fans should keep their eye on and be very excited about. Who were the key? Because I, I know throughout a minor league season, you have so many players coming in and out. Uh, like Jordan Lawler, right, played a decent amount for the Sod Poodles this year, but he was on the Diamondbacks World Series roster. Like there's a lot that changes over the course of a season. Who were kind of the key guys that led the Sod Poodles to go as as far as they did? Yeah, there are a couple that come to mind immediately, but it... Uh, it begins with A.J. Vukovic, in my mind. He was the consistent piece. He, he's a player that I think has really fallen under under the radar for yeah. D-backs people. I was looking at some some stats from, I think, D-backs stats and info on, on Twitter today. He led the organization and runs batted in, was second in the organization in RBIs, led the organization in hits. He's a right-handed hitting outfielder. Um, center fielder now, Yeah, right? he's center fielder. I think he profiles a little bit better in the corners, sure. but... Phenomenal. Uh, good power, good juice. Is uh, in the top of the Arizona Fall League for stolen bases. He does everything pretty well. Um, strikeout rate's a little bit high, but he was one of those players. Caleb Roberts is the most intriguing prospect in the entire pipeline, in my opinion. I huh. think he's dominant can zone 2.0 with a better swing and plays better defense, and wow. he catches. So if there is going to be a left-handed backup to Gabby Moreno, I think Caleb Roberts is a great, great pick. He can play first. He can play left. Well, you have to remember, too, Adrian Del Castillo is yes, there, and he was fantastic. He I think Roberts plays the corner. The thing is, you have a load of options. So with the ascension of Ryan Bliss, who hit 214 last year with Hillsborough, ends up hitting 358 with Amarillo, winning back-to-back <laughs> Texas League Players of the Month awards, gets into the Futures game as a starter, then gets yeah. traded to Seattle. You're going to have more of those stories in the Diamondback system. And what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to turn around two prospects for a Paul Seawald, or you're going to be able to find a position player at the deadline when you're still trying to compete or go to the playoffs and trade away some of that because you have so much depth in your minor league system and even more coming up. I agree with Vukovic. I agree with uh, Caleb Roberts. I think Tim Tawa, who is a great super utility player, 
um, could be a really good player. But somebody that was just absolutely box office was Ivan Melendez. And I know yeah. you guys probably want to talk about him. Um, oh, yeah. Ivan burst onto the <laughs> scene, four home runs in his first three double A games. Uh, he was as advertised the entire season until about the very end of the season where we were in Arkansas on a bus. And he comes to me and Stefan and says, hey, I got a little bit of discomfort right now, but I don't know how to talk about it. He's like, I can't walk. He's like, I can't feel my heel. And Stefan and I look at each other. I said, you got to tell you got to tell Roof before. You play in these games. So you guys are not the athletic trainers. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. but he said it was his sure. Achilles. And we were like, if you mess it up playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. this what, is going to be. What's more important, winning a double A ring or going and winning a World Series championship next year with the Diamondbacks? And he was. He had I don't great know. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's close. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but no, he, he had Bush? a really great perspective on all of it. And he ended up being perfectly fine. So disclaimer, yeah. disclaimer, not to scare anybody. He was perfectly fine. Right. Uh, just dealing with some discomfort. And that's the grind of the season, especially when you're playing every day. Um, came back even better, was a fall star this year with the fall, uh, the Arizona fall league yes. was in the home run derby. And he's playing even better than he was in Amarillo Yeah, because he has nothing restricting him whatsoever. And Ivan's going to be a really interesting piece because you have super power in Davison de Los Santos and Ivan Melendez you have power with Caleb Roberts. You already have Corbin Carroll's power. Christian Walker is going to be there. You're going to have a pretty powerful team the next couple of years. And A.J. Vukovic hit 25 home runs and is the sure. all-time single-season RBI leader in Sod Poodle's history, following up one Leandro Cedeno that's now playing, was playing in the Japanese, um, the, the Japanese uh, Nippon, Pro, Nippon baseball. Pro Baseball World Series, whatever you call it there, uh, with Oryx. So yeah. the Dimebacks have a lot. And they're going to continue to have a lot. And I would expect, because you have a young team already, some of these names are going to be going elsewhere, but they're going to make impacts for their major league club. Sure. And you're going to be able to get a lot for them. Do you think any of their answers uh, to to the lineup holes that they have now are possibly in the minor league system right now? Or do you think that's a bit of a, a, a longer term kind of thing? I think it's a way that you you have to to think about, you have to think about, what you're willing to commit to, right? Are you sure. willing to fully commit to sticking with that farm system plan? But now that you're already good and you know you have at least, probably with the departure of Guriel, I know it's it sucks. Yeah. Um, and with the departure of Longoria, you have about 85% of the pieces that you need to make to the World Series because you know, because you just made it. Right. Does Lawler play short? Does Perdomo play third? Does Lawler yeah. play third? The only question is offensive output. Mm -hmm. How many home runs is Lawler going to hit if he's an everyday third baseman? Yeah. Is that enough to consider putting him in the lineup starting every day? Perdomo is going to be a 10 home run guy at his best. Correct. Right? I think he's starting to figure it out a little bit more. Plays elite shortstop. Yeah. So, and he's somehow just the catalyst of the offense at times. We've right. talked to him so much about him so much. But yeah, like, uh, you know, again, the way that he gets things started it's it's hard to describe because it's not it's not going to show up sometimes in his stat line as much. You can't have a player that was coined baby Jeter by a lot of scouts, and I think that was too much <laughs> pressure to put on put sure. on Lawler. That was an outrageous amount of pressure <laughs> to be an off the bench guy next year. Yeah, I yeah. think you have to let good, him good go point. and have the same opportunity as Corbin. And Corbin never has really struggled in the majors. I think Jordan's going to struggle a little bit, but he struggled at Double A this year and found a way to bounce Figured back out, and become yeah. elite. Make no mistake, he was the best player in the Texas League, probably the best player in Double A at one point, mm. um, even with his struggles. I mean, his 
a lot of the time the exit velos were well over 100, 105, 110 miles per hour. It was just landing in the right spot and the right gloves and all that. Jordan is a really good hitter, really talented defender. Stefan's right, though. Where is he going to play? Is he going to play shortstop every day? I think that that's the plan. There are going to be players that will force their way onto the roster. I think Ivan Melendez, you know, you think about J.D. Martinez and Ivan Melendez is the closest comparison that I have to him uh, with with the ability to play the corners at third base and first base. That will give you 35, 40 home runs a year if you let him. Then you have Davis De Los Santos, who's another guy. Needs to figure out the slider. Is still incredibly young, but his upside is there. And then A.J. Vukovic, who I see on the comments there from uh, Chris saying, wait, we make righty outfielders? Uh, A.J. Vukovic would be that righty outfield option that a lot of people would be excited about. We saw Christian Robinson at the end of the year, too. Yeah. Boy, did he look good. So yeah. there's, there's options yeah. there. It's just a matter of... Are they going to stick with their farm system? Are they going to trade away these players? Or are they going to acquire somebody in free agency? Because the last couple of years, it seems like they're stockpiling all of these players. Blaze Alexander being one that's kind of being log jammed in the yeah. system. Dominic yeah. Fletcher, what does he bit. do? Yeah. What does Fletch do? Yeah. Right. Now, these players are valuable to other organizations. We've talked to a lot of scouts that love Fletcher, love Alexander, and I'm sure would trade for them. And obviously, being put on the 40-man roster, they're valued by the D-backs, but... There's no point in keeping them there at AAA when they are major league level talents and you can get something back for them. And we've talked about the free agency market being kind of scarce and that those next players that come to the Diamondbacks may need to be acquired through trade. So this might be the time. I think Mike Hazen has been good about being patient because they didn't know what this team was going to be at times, especially at the trade deadline this year. Things were so bad in July that it was hard to justify making some big move that you thought were going to turn things around, especially for a team that was trending towards not even making the playoffs at that point, right? Like you, 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 you're going to make maybe some desperate move, trade some big pieces with you within your organization. And maybe like we saw with a lot of the trades that went down in MLB, maybe those starting pitchers that come over that you trade for aren't a, as good as you were hoping they would be. Maybe they're in fact worse with the new organization than they were with the team they were at before. But now it does feel like this World Series run does change things it feels like it expedites that time frame it feels like it does make maybe some of those guys in the minor league system that are kind of log jammed like you know valuable as far as trade assets go but a bit more expendable because now instead of looking at the long-term future of winning five years from now they might seriously be considering winning now and, and trying to go for it it just it scares me because it feels like that's where you make maybe make those big moves that don't uh that, that that weren't part of your plan. And it's hard because Fletch is 25. Blaze 26 is, now. Yeah, 26. Blaze is 25. Yeah. Both have minimal to no major league experience. Right. Yeah. It's, kinda, it's kind of a waste having And you've got to make sure and, that, yeah. that teams get them while they're young so they can evaluate what is this player's value to me. And if they don't foresee future value in the short term, there's no way they're going to trade for them. And yeah. they're too good of players to be sitting in Reno, even though it's one of the best minor league organizations in baseball. So we'll see how how they handle it. If there's anybody that can figure out the best way to do it, it's Mike Hazen for taking a team yeah. with, what, 84 wins to the World Series. So <laughs> yeah. it's going to be fun to watch how he handles it. Well, we, we appreciate the championship experience being in the minor league with you guys going with the Sod Poodles and winning that championship. And um, we actually have a picture which I think feels like it justifies – Oh, no. Some of my behavior a little bit before. <laughs> I, I look. I know you guys made it. All, there's the team picture. So we got the team 
Uh, but then we have we have this we have this one right here. <laughs> clothes, don't we? Um, <laughs> let's let's. Uh, is is it up, Damon? There, there it is. Oh no! Oh man, you, yeah, got, there it is. you got Chris on the right. It's yeah, good thing this is a subscription based. Yeah, service. look, um, I look, I got a lot of flack, and yeah, maybe I celebrated a bit early, but I do appreciate the fact that we were all on the same level as far as our celebrating. You was obviously have a much better tan. Look, uh, uh, the studio lights help quite a bit. Your I'll last say. name being Montia might help. That a does bit also more than help than, uh, a little bit. There's some ethnicity but, uh, uh, there in my background. I feel like there's an important distinction here, though, because. Mm -hmm. Because you guys were part of like the celebration, right? It's the champagne. What thing are you trying to whatnot. say, Jesse? There, what are you there, to there say are right acceptable now? situations to yeah. remove one's shirt yeah. just because of all. Just it just makes sense in that situation. Like when Derek your team makes was, the World was uh, just sitting on a chair in our studio. To be fair, Damon egged me on. Um, Damon's Damon. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I trust throw Damon, Damon under the bus judgment. now. All right. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know. Damon's <laughs> uh, like that. There might have been some winks involved. I can't guarantee. I'm pretty sure Derek. Eric said, should I take my shirt off? And I said, duh. His exact words were, I think you have to take your shirt off, is I think what his words are. So uh, we cannot trust Damon or his judgment anymore. Uh, but I will say that I did have a fun time, uh, and Wink was a big part of that. So make sure to check out Wink. Uh, it's a seltzer drink with a wink of THC. Uh, how high will you get? Well, as we just said, a wink. Uh, supers, uh, this is not a spectator sport. Celebrating is not a spectator sport. You need to get in on the action sometimes, and don't listen to what Jesse has to say. You get in on the action. <laughs> Uh, and have a good time <laughs> celebrating when your team does fun things. Uh, it's the perfect THC CBD balance. Uh, it's light, it's social, and of course, it's great for people looking for an alternative to alcohol. Uh, and it has zero sugar, zero calories, uh, and tastes like your favorite refreshing flavored seltzer. So check out Wink. It's W-Y-N-K. It's available in either two and a half or five milligram cans. You can find Wink right here in Arizona. Look for Wink at all Sunday Good dispensaries in the Valley and at Botanica dispensaries in Tucson. You can also save money online by going to Drink Wink wynk.com and use code PHNX for 20% off. Uh, also, shout out to a staple here in the Valley for a very, very long time. That is our friends at Empire Today. Uh, it is the place to get all of your flooring needs. Uh, they Empire Today keeps uh, shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. And most importantly, you can stay in your home and do it all from there. They have a virtual floor designer that's a great way to see how floors will look in any space. They will also allow you uh, to conveniently shop at home. Uh, they help customers shop for floors where they use their floors so you can exa see exactly what those will look like in your homes with your lighting, with your decor, and you can make informed decisions. So uh, they also service their uh, own warranties. If an issue does arise, you can call Empire. They service them themselves. They also use professional installers to make sure the job is done right. You can schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when you use promo code PHNX. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. And that is Empire... I don't know. Today. Isn't it today. 800 Apparently, we're in the 21st century. People don't call on phones anymore. I don't know. I, <laughs> I still say calling on phone is the best way to get things done. But I'm speaking as a man uh, that had to call the Yarnell court system. So that's a whole other story wow. for another time. Anyway. <laughs> You're the mayor, uh, though. I am the mayor. Sometimes <laughs> you got to get things done. pick up at any time you call. <laughs> uh, well, you guys, of course, are out here uh, for Arizona Fall League. And I know... Uh, we have some more players definitely to talk about, especially the recent sod poodles that had a big role in the Diamondbacks postseason run. But I do want to get your thoughts on, on you know, Fall League and maybe maybe 
the overall because I know we we get used to baseball just being here year round and like it's kind of wonderful because we have spring training, we have fall league, we have the regular season, so there's just so much baseball. But uh, just thoughts on on these guys from a minor league level being featured in this kind of league. The fall league is such a unique niche celebration of baseball. It I is. mean, it just wraps it everything is. up pretty well. You know, you don't expect crowds to be incredibly big. However, it's been a very fun and exciting thing and a challenge for Stefan and myself to call the games because you see all different types of players from all over the world across multiple different levels. And some might surprise you. I mean, you know, I don't know what players are going to win what awards, but I think that there are front runners. Jacob Marcy has a real good chance of being an MVP, hmm. and he wasn't the top of the top prospects like a Colson Montgomery or any of that. James Triantos, another great player in the Cubs organization. So you start to see players blossom into what they will become in the major leagues yeah. here in the fall league. And they might not be the the player that's you know a step away. They might be players that finish the year in low A or high A, sure. and they're facing double A and triple A talent and just mashing. And everybody has done a really great job. We're thankful to Chuck Fox and Josh Schwamm and the entire communications department of the Fall League for bringing us on and allowing us to help their broadcast initiative. And uh, I wish we could stay longer, but yeah. the season ends tomorrow. We wish we wish you could too. But I know that those uh, those the Fall League comes and goes very quickly. You know, like it feels like it's here and gone. In the blink of an eye, but we were planning on doing quite a bit of following we coverage yeah. this year, and then well, uh, yeah, the team went to the World, yeah, yeah, the World, there World Series. Around. It got in the way of fry, our fall league time. It got in the way of Tori's Christmas decorating time. There were a lot of negative impacts uh, involving the World Series run, but we'll take it uh, any year. But uh, I do know that, like like you were saying, the fall league is very important for these guys' career because sometimes that's where you can kind of have a breakout kind of moment where not just your own organization gets to see, but obviously scouts and such from other organizations where you could end up, you know, making an impression and, and trying to get those teams to make that play for you. Yeah, it was really, really cool for us on a personal standpoint, right? It, we're just two broadcasters, right? We just go out and we call the games mm -hmm. and we've gotten to meet so many cool people. We got to go on MLB Network uh, in the bottom of the seventh of the Fall Stars game. It was a really quick inning, but it was an honor to be asked. <laughs> how, to how, long, how long how was quick? the inning? It was about a minute and a half. Sweet. A minute and a half. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a little introduction and uh, yeah, ground ball, strikeout, ground, yeah. whatever it was. And yeah. it, was, it was super <laughs> quick, but obviously everybody's trying to advance and everybody's trying to excel our goal is to make it to the majors these players goals are to make it to the majors and i think that the thought process and the ideology from chuck fox and josh Schwamm in terms of the fall league was to not only have it be that way for players but also for the staff for the broadcasters for everybody for yeah. be to be that finishing school and that's what it's been for us we've come out here uh, not for the money, not for the the attention, the fame. It's the, the fame. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is the fame. It's we know why you're well, here. Come I on. Now. I obviously didn't get enough press because I wanted to come on PHNX because yeah. I knew that this would do it for me. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. So this is who needs MLB Network when you, you have the PHNX feedback. They have yeah. in studio. I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. all, I will say you guys did wait a month and some change to have us. Yeah, on. that is true. That is true. I felt uh, like I took a back seat <laughs> with the mayor and the vice mayor. That's fair. Yeah, I must be like. This the plush snake is more loved than we are. I mean, that's, you know. Well, that's JJ. I mean, it's hard JJ, to. Yeah. <laughs> he's the star of the show. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, you guys, uh, we know you guys got to see these guys that, man, just were so valuable to this team during this playoff run uh, not too long ago. Brandon Fott, Andrew Saulfrank. Uh, how cool was it to see these guys, like, on this stage, especially 
fought. I mean, we interviewed a lot of members of his family and former teammates and stuff. And we found the entire fought. We found the the, 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 field before. What was that? I guess that was game three of the, I believe of the it was. World Series. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was a good but no, no one really seemed to be surprised that he was handling this moment with such grace and and looking like the veteran he did up there. I wasn't surprised either. I was elated for both of them. I mean, Brandon fought when he left Double A. Amarillo had a f- 144 strikeouts to 19 walks. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was had really a banner incredible. year yeah. last year, minor league pitcher of the year esque season. Then goes to Arizona, gets hit around a bit, goes back down, figures some things out, then goes back down again, figures some things out, and then moved to one side of the rubber to the next, and it seemed to pay off with Brent Strom being the real difference maker as a pitching coach. Brandon yeah. Fott is the real deal. And Andrew Solfrank yeah. is also incredible. That curveball that I still look at it, and I think it's a slurve, but I know he calls it a curveball. It has really good rotations. He very adamantly is, calls it a curveball. Is, <laughs> is a fantastic pitch, and he was dominating it with Amarillo, and it was only a matter of time before he went up as well. There are other relievers like Austin Pope and Jake Rice and Christian Montez de Oca that are going to have a chance to make an impact next year, possibly for the Diamondbacks. That's if they stay with the organization because they're building a lot of value. So just to see those guys thrive at this level makes it incredibly worth it because, you know, just a year and some change ago, they were on a charter bus going down to Corpus Christi, (laughs) sleeping on a makeshift or makeshift cot on the floor and just bouncing their heads around, playing cards with all their other minor league teammates, not making any money whatsoever. And now they're living their dreams. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's so incredible about this, and especially, you know, within the minor league system, Arizona Fall League, all of that stuff, like seeing these guys at this level and knowing, like, you you have no idea how, how soon that that dream can didn't become a reality for them. But uh, especially Saul Frank, you know, not we didn't know a lot about him, and he just kind of came up out of nowhere uh, at the end of the regular <laughs> the, season. The Diamondbacks, it was honestly hilarious. Like, how often do you see a guy get called up I think it was September 4th, I want to say, is when the Diamondbacks called yeah. Andrew Solfrank up from Reno. And he immediately becomes the high leverage left-handed reliever of a team that was fighting for a spot in the playoffs. <laughs> and then that continued. Final he had, two months he had, certainly had his struggles in the postseason, but sure. the Diamondbacks still showed a lot of trust in him and put him in a lot of big spots. And he came through um, for them in those big and spots. And yeah, I mean, more often than not, on the whole, it was a pretty impressive month month and a half where he was just thrown into the fire in the big leagues it just I, I can't remember like a postseason team ever relying that much on a guy who had a month of big league experience it was pretty remarkable it permeates its way through a bullpen doesn't it i mean you yeah. look at the yeah. way that that bullpen had struggled prior to Saul frank getting there there were two or three arms you could turn to yeah in, in a, any given moment yeah. and you can't do that on a consistent basis guys need their rest that's how the game is played now. It's more rest. You're not going to have the same pitchers thrown every single day. But once Saul Frank gets there, you get one of the best bullpens in the postseason in the Diamondbacks. Everybody yeah. is yeah. pitching well. Castro is pitching well. Uh, Ginkle has always pitched well. You have Seawald doing his thing. Uh, I know that it, it didn't work out as well in the Ryan World Thompson Series. Was Ryan excellent. Thompson was actually. Yeah, he was. Uh, 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 Kyle Nelson, Ryan Nelson both pitched pretty well in the yeah. postseason. So that's the thing is there's sometimes that one piece. And I think everybody at the beginning of the year expected it to be Justin Martinez with his high velocity fastball. Yeah. It didn't end up being him. It ended up being a guy that threw in the low 90s and two pitches. Right. And he throws those two pitches so effectively that it's impossible to hit and no runs come against him. It generates soft contact. He and Brandon fought were so much fun to watch last year and they were so much fun to watch this year. The key to, to Andrew Solfrank, the key word about the way he pitches is he pitches deceptively. 
He doesn't yeah. actually throw a lot of pitches in the strike zone. He generates a lot of <laughs> swing and miss. So that curveball looks a lot like a strike and then breaks out at the last second. So those pitches are very low risk pitches when you think about it. And they break right. outside even further, so you generate that swing and miss. And that's what you want in a high leverage reliever. Especially, you would hope that he finds a strike zone a little bit more, but with that sinker, it was coming along, the breaking ball as well. But especially against left-handed hitters, he was excellent. Yeah. And I, to answer yeah. your question about a player being called up for a playoff run, the only player that comes to mind is not a pitcher. I have to think about in 2020 with Randy Arozarena. Sure. What, what yeah. he did. I mean, yeah. they just called upon him, yeah. and he, he put the team on his back going all the way to the World Series. Kind of a similar story. I mean, a 60-game season, but the Rays and the Diamondbacks had parallels. Small market team, didn't spend yeah. very much money, had some young talent, really good connectivity, and they find themselves in the postseason and then the eventual World Series of that year in 2020. Yeah, go, going back to Saul Frank for a second, it, it really does feel like if Saul Frank throws strikes, just like enough strikes, not a ton of strikes, like you said, it's almost an asset for him that he's really not in the zone very much. And even in the postseason when he was struggling, it wasn't that Saul Frank was getting knocked around like crazy. It was just that he was walking guys, right? Yeah. They, um, people were being patient. Yeah, and and you know, there's something to be said for a reliever who's who's sort of not going to give in in, in those moments. And you know, if he finds a way to throw strikes just enough, from what we've seen, it looks like he has a chance to be one of the better left-handed relievers in the game. Yeah, it's really difficult just throwing two pitches, right? You have your sinker yeah. slider guys, and yeah, when you have that, you sit on one. If you yeah. don't get it, okay, then you Sink, take sinker the other. Curveball. Sinker curveball. Sinker curveball. Curve but, uh, but yes, typically <laughs> we'll correct these, you as we address <laughs> yeah, as, you, as you should. Uh, you know, I should know this. Shame. 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 Uh, but the the sinker curveballers, uh, the few that are out there, you sit on one pitch. You wait for the fastball. If you get the curveball, more often than not, it's going to be out of the zone. If you don't swing, that's what hitters were starting yeah. to recognize. Yeah. It's such a tantalizing pitch, yeah. which you should give Saul Frank credit to be able to be that deceptive. Right. And that's what Chris was doing is – to be able to throw two pitches that effectively and not sure. get hit hard, he's a phenomenal pitcher. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I have nothing more for you guys other than uh, <laughs> I love uh, what you guys do. I think you guys are incredible uh, as broadcasters. I think the Sod Poodles definitely uh, should be thrilled to have you and we are thrilled to have you here so uh we thank you guys so much for bringing so much to the show and i guess i i have to ask if if, if we leave on one note is there uh, and i know we always kind of ask this of you guys is there somebody is there somebody that we don't really know about somebody that really doesn't get talked about mm. that you think is uh -huh. potentially going to be that guy maybe maybe a bit like andrew saul frank whose names really didn't didn't come up then all of a sudden out of nowhere this guy seems to be uh, you know, he makes the major league roster and, and seems to be very effective. Okay, you go first, Stefan. I think I have mine. Yeah, I have, I have one. Okay. Um, his name is Nafi Castillo okay. and right-handed hitting outfielder. I think to me, if he can figure out how to hit consistently for average, power's there. He's Jorge Soler 2.0. He's Jorge Soler wow. 2.0. Same wow. size. Same <laughs> size. A little slimmer, but it's the same yeah. number, too. That yeah. way, like, it, it is uncanny yeah. from the dominican republic let's go jorge soler 2.0 navy castillo all right mine is a young pitcher from Guatire, venezuela and his name is yilber diaz killed that pronunciation uh yilber <laughs> diaz is the real deal uh he came up to double a amarillo and had four maybe five starts and just shoved I mean, we have the obvious human lens fantastic yeah. he throws seven to nine pitches at, at will and for strikes <laughs> 
But Yilber, high 90s fastball, good breaking ball, excellent changeup. And for his age, he's 21 or 22 years old, yeah. to be able to do what he did for Amarillo, a team that lost all of their starting pitching. <laughs> Luke Albright was hurt. Jamison Hill got hurt. Chad Patrick got traded away. Then you had two relievers doing bullpen games every day. You had two starting pitchers in the postseason. And Sounds one a little of them, bit like the Diamondbacks yeah. at times. One of, them, one of them didn't even go to the championship because he had to serve for Team Taiwan, so he didn't go into the military, oh. which was Yumin Lin. So you had Gilbert Diaz pitching alone, pitching lights out ball, wow. and, and finding so much success. So he would be my sleeper pick. He is a top 30 guy. I think he's number 20 or number 21 in, sure. in the D-backs top 30, but... He's an under-the-radar player and another great starting pitcher that the Diamondbacks could use in the next couple of years. Those prospect lists are so helpful at times, but they also can hurt because, again, you kind of underestimate a guy or undervalue a guy because, like, oh, you're number 27 in their organization. Yeah, like, we, we read a little too much into those numbers for sure. For yeah. sure. I think that they're they're entirely subjective, and I, and I love – Jonathan Mayo and Sam Dykstra and Jim Callis and all the work that they do because yeah. it's tireless. It is. Yeah. But it, it does come from them, from from years and years and months and months of analysis for the players. It doesn't necessarily reflect the organization's stance on a player. Sure, sure. So they, they go for priority versus non-priority. Anybody in the fall league is pretty much a priority guy. And then you start to see the priority players in AA and AAA, the Dominic Fletchers, the Blaze Alexanders. You get to the 40-man they're going to be some really good players in the future for the Diamondbacks. So don't think it's over, Phoenix fans. This, this is this is just the beginning. That's right. And I think that you're going to see some really talented Diamondbacks future players that have playoff experience that want to win more than anyone and will provide that extra spark I don't think the Diamondbacks had in the World Series this year. Uh, shout out to Caleb Lindsay in our chat. He said, ski to you good sirs and happy Veterans Day to all you heroes out there. Thank you, Caleb. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate all of you guys being here. Of course, if you uh, are a diehard, thank you so much for signing up for our diehard membership. If you haven't, uh, check it out today. Maybe you, maybe today is the day for you. Uh, go to gophnx.com. You'll get a free shirt from phnxlocker.com, including all of our wonderful shirts. Uh, you know, the, we're connected. We're dangerous. We're a wagon. We're all of those things. So make sure to check that out. We might also have a very, 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 very special brand new shirt coming uh, very soon. And, and when I say very soon, I mean might be on the other side of this weekend. And it might be about uh, one of all of our favorite guy uh, that we talked about here earlier on uh, and all of his accomplishments that he's had this season. So keep your eyes. How did you peeled. just say nothing and like everything? Everything. I know it's, it was it was it was meaningless <laughs> words. And then I just impressive. gave it all away. So uh, it's what I do. It's what I do it's on what this mayors show. Mayors do. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Chris, Chris was supposed to win. Uh, uh, talks the most, says the least is his superlative. In high school. Yeah. All right. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily well, a compliment. I don't but, know. Maybe you and I start a show that nothing ever gets done. I don't know. We could talk for 75 minutes and no point ever got hey, made. As long as you take care of the ad reads. I will, take care, I will take care of the ad reads. Uh, of course, uh, again, check out those shirts at phnxlocker.com. Uh, and speaking of ad reads, make sure to check out our friends at OG's Brands. They are flavoring our Fridays around here, uh, and they can flavor your Fridays as well. With the holidays right around the corner, things are getting hectic. You need to take care of yourself. And maybe that adult over 21 in your life that you might need to get a stocking stuffer for. Who knows? Thankfully, our buds at OG's Brands are back at it with exclusive deals for PHNX listeners. And they've made it super easy for you to score these savings. Get 25% 
off any OG's products at your neighborhood Zenleaf location from now until November 30th when you place an online order and use our code of PHNX. Again, just head to ZenLeafDispensaries.com, find your closest location, order your favorite OG's gummies for pickup, and enter discount code PHNX to get that 20 25% off at checkout. The deal is exclusive to PHNX listeners, and as a reminder, only available for online and pickup in the store. Discount code PHNX will be active until November 30th. So again... Just as a reminder, it will be active on Thanksgiving and the day before Thanksgiving. I'm just saying. So check out OGs uh, today. And it's ready to build big, up an appetite. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's or, you know, if you yeah. have a, a lot of a lot of family members, a lot of big family member, uh-huh. and you would just want to relax and tune out all the noise. Yeah. Yeah. OGs yeah. for you. There we go. Uh, well, again, we appreciate you guys so much for stopping by. Uh, make sure to not miss out. Fall League is gone here soon. So the championship game. Uh, is we, this is we, this weekend? We, yep, the championship game is tomorrow at six thirty. MLB Network will have that. So Let's go. Basic cable, uh, and we will have the call on MLB.com tonight for the play-in game at six. Excellent, excellent. So make sure to stay tuned for that. You can follow these guys on Twitter. Uh, they just have their names. It's just Chris wow, Carey at C A R A Y, Stephen Carey. Uh, of course, I am at Cap underscore Caveman with a K for some inexplicable reason. Uh, Jesse's at Jesse and Friedman, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, of course, the people's producer, Damon, uh, he is at Damon Dog. That's D-A-W-G. We are all, including the carries, we're all Damon's dogs. Roof, roof. Uh, bark, we, bark. we bark around yeah, here. You guys got to oh, give a wolf for Damon? I'm a Georgia Bulldog. Man. Oh, so go ahead. Can we get a wolf from you? Uh, what do we got? Should we say it? Should we just say it? You go first. That's a good one. Hit it. You got to bark at him. We all bark differently, so it's allowed. Yeah, I feel like I was going to do my impression of Stefan's bark. Oh, uh, oh, that's, that's yeah. adorable. As long All as right. they're not barking that quiet against it's, Ole Miss, I'm fine with whatever he says. <laughs> Let's go. Well, of course, uh, our show's at PHNX underscore D-backs, but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much. We thank you guys again for stopping by. Appreciate your time. Appreciate their time. Uh, and remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you get to watch Corbin Carroll on your team.